Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 143. This week on the show, I've got an awesome conversation with Seth Trotter, better known maybe as the lead singer of the band The Hire. Um, if you are a pop punk or scene kid uh, from way back in the day, like me, um, you know, your mid to late 30s, you're probably going to recognize that name. They went on hiatus for a while, about 10 years, um, and they're back. And they've got a lot of really dope shit coming up. So Seth and I had this great conversation. We talked about uh, the new music, kind of the resurgence of pop punk and what this all looks like for them and kind of the desire and the passion to come back, um, especially at this time. And yeah, it's just a really cool conversation. I think you guys are going to enjoy. They just dropped their new EP, um, first set of new songs since 2009. So that's a huge thing. Big shout out to them for doing that. Um, Hopefully you guys jump over and check it out. That EP is called Elvis in Wonderland. It is streaming everywhere now, so be sure that you go check it out um, and then, you know, let them know what you think. But before you do that, listen to this conversation. Listen to Seth and I talk about all kinds of cool shit, including that new EP, and, you know, hopefully kind of revitalize your love for them if you're a an elder emo, um, elder millennial, whatever you want to call it. If you're a new fan or potentially a new fan, get a little insight. Uh, these guys have been around for a while. They've, they know what they're doing and I think they're going to make some pretty big waves. So let's dive into it. This is my conversation with Seth Trotter of the hire. Awesome. So to kick things off, I do start with the same boring ass question every time. Uh-huh. It's a simple introduction. Who are you? Uh, you know, a little background on yourself and like, why are we having this conversation? Especially, I think, you know, for you, it's a little ironic asking this question because I grew up listening to your band yeah. and I feel like everybody should know you. But then <laughs> when I was asking people, like I, I was bragging a little bit to some friends about, oh, you know, I'm getting set. Like, yeah, almost everybody's like, who? And I had to play insurance and then they were like oh i know that band like fucking come on people hey it's all right man we've been gone a long time and to be honest when we were doing it it was like social media days where it was just starting off that's my alarm all good i've got an interview (laughs) yeah (laughs) i uh and so uh it was just one of those things where you know like all of our, all of our fans were like on MySpace. you know what I yeah. mean? MySpace doesn't exist anymore. So we, just in this last year, we've been just accumulating all of our old fans. And I feel like that's kind of what this year has been all about is finding the people that remember us and making them ex- exploit their age, because that's, you know, once yeah. you, once you say, you know, who the hire is, you've said your age without saying your age. Yep. And so um, just bringing the new fans along, you know what I mean? Cause there's fans that are definitely a fan of our genre of music or have heard our song and have been like, Oh, insurance histrionics. I mean, I recognize those jams, but yeah, it, it's great to be back, you know? 
Yeah, for sure. And, you know, like you said, it, it's been 10 years at this point. Um, so talk a little bit about that, because a lot of bands, you know, are especially from this genre, this scene are kind of doing that, you know, bands that maybe didn't didn't carry the weight for some reason or just, you know, life got in the way. But now they're coming back. What's this kind of feeling and resurgence coming in for you? Well, I, I, to be honest, I think that uh, the resurgence of just this whole genre is happening primarily because kids are ready to get out of their house and have fun. Yeah. I mean, I really think that like also, you know, all music has gotten a lot more digital these days. And mm -hmm. I think that people are ready to just have a band. You know what I mean? Feel like real energy like that. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, it's always fun to go see the DJs and, uh, you know, feel that kind of energy, but it's just different when you have a band. And yeah. I feel like people were missing bands and, and now it, now we are the classic rock of, <laughs> of our era. You know what I mean? All of yeah. the people who listen to the higher or the bands that the higher sound like or played with, they all have kids. So they're showing their kids, the, the new music, they're, you know, able to kind of do a little bit of everything. So I think that this resurgence is a great thing and it's just really cool to kind of see, kind of see the energy that. that it's brought for, for kids and shows. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And, you know, like as we're talking the, when we were young festivals getting ready to, to kick off, you know, and that was one of those things I had Ronnie from the red jumpsuit apparatus on a few months oh, my ago. Doppel, my doppelganger. You know, people say I, it. <laughs> I, I met I met his wife once at a show. We were in uh, California at some festival, and they were playing. This is a long, long time ago, and I had met. Uh, I think it was his wife at the time, and she was she like stared at me really weird, and I was like, "Hi," you know, like kind of just like, <laughs> "Why is this weird lady staring at me?" Because I had no idea who she was. And then she goes, she walks up to me, and she's like, "You look exactly like my husband." except skinnier <laughs> and i was like oh okay well there we go yeah i'm a, I'm a twig she said it. She, <laughs> she's not wrong you know you know she's got, yeah. probably got bigger bigger biceps than me but we we both have the equivalent of hair and nose so yeah. i mean <laughs> the combination of that <laughs> for sure doppelgangers for life yeah for sure um but no we were talking about the the announcement of when we were young festival you know back at that point and like how I'm 37 years old, grew up in the pop punk and emo scene. And like when that first flyer came out, I was like, this can't be real. You know yeah, what I mean? I like I didn't believe it either, especially because it was in Vegas and it was like a one day festival. And I'm like, I mean, this would be great. Uh, we yeah. actually had a festival that was like an R&B festival here in Vegas that had the same sort of lineup that was just super nostalgic of like the nineties R and B and it had everyone on it. it had Lauren Hill on it. I'm like, no, this ain't no right. This yeah. is a, there's no way this is all happening. And it did. I mean, there was one or two people that didn't show up, but other than that, like it was a real festival and, and it just shows that like, you know, the money is there. They, the, the people want to see the bands they remember. And yeah. I, I think that that is what it is, is like warp tour is not here anymore. So festivals are awesome and people are willing to travel and what better excuse or better place to come than Vegas to come right. see all your favorite <laughs> bands. And I mean, not to plug our show, but we are playing the 21st, the day before when we were young, we're playing with like Alisana picturesque, a couple other bands, rookie of the year. Yeah. And it, it's, and our, I mean, it's going to be a rad show. And honestly, I'm going to be at the, when we were young, because I'm a fan 
I mean, right. what can I say? I played with half the bands and I'm still a fan of them all. So I'm excited to see this year's and I could not be more excited about next year's. I'm not sure if I'm more excited about Blink-182 or if I'm more <laughs> excited about Michelle Branch. It's so, a 50-50 for me. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, Blink, I got tickets for for my family to go see them as well. Oh, wow. To, you're rich. No, I had to go through SeatGeek and I got lucky and found a fucking deal is what happened. Oh, man. <laughs> I was looking at them online and I was like, this can't be real. Yeah. No, it was it was insane. I got real fucking lucky with the, the did, ones that I snagged. Um, but no, like, you know, the Blink thing and then... The, I'm the same way for like 2023. I'm not going to be out there for when we were young, 22, but the 23 poster just dropped. And I was like, I'm looking through it and they snuck Michelle branch in there. And I'm like, Hmm, you sneaky little fuckers. Like that's so good. They, they did. They really hit the spots for me. I mean, I'm, I'm going to fight tooth and nail to get a ticket for that one as well. Yeah. You know, I think that one's going to be even more expensive. So yeah, I think they're going to see how how much people want it, you know, with the first year, and it's just going to go up from there. But, yeah. you know, if, if I they can keep... announce more dates for 2023, though. Yeah. Yeah, will, I would agree. Sure. I would agree. Um, so for you, again, this resurgence and you guys kind of came back on the scene um, like guns blazing, I mean, is the best way to put it like. This wasn't a test the waters type of thing. You're jumping back in, yeah, full fledged, I mean, ready we, to we go. We want to play. We want to play shows. We want to, uh, you know, see the fans. We want to connect again. We. What's funny is we had all this time when COVID happened um, to kind of get the chance to record new music and do all this and just have fun. And it turned into more, uh, you know what right. I mean? It turned into, Hey, you know, we do have time to kind of play some shows here and there. So we're playing in Vegas. We did um, uh, so what festival and furnace fest, which were mm -hmm. awesome. And then uh, we're doing some East coast shows and we're doing some West coast shows and then next year, the plan is to jump back in the studio, record some more music and hit the road some more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For, um, you know, make sure you come to the Midwest because I, as much as I loved your band growing up, I don't know that I've ever got to see you guys. You know, it, it just seems like every so time where, you were around. Where were where are you located? Indiana. Indiana. Okay. We yeah. did play Indiana. I mean, maybe once or twice i think we may have done it on the warp tour once yeah and then we did indiana um we played it uh, what i want to say looked like a church and we were downstairs was and it, it was called the oh fuck what was that called the es jungle does that sound familiar that probably sounds right i'm, and I'm thinking I think, that's what it is <laughs> i think we did that with like this providence and oh that might have been with the audition and a couple yeah. other bands but um yeah i remember specifically it was pouring rain so we had to you know pull our our car up as or our van up as close as possible to get that load in and then haul all our stuff down those steps and you know we like the venues that are on the solid ground right <laughs> you know right here yeah. so we don't have to go up don't have to go down 
yeah, but I, I mean, it, it was, I, just I, looked, I think it was a great show. Yeah, I just looked it up. It it definitely had to have been the ES Jungle because it is in the basement of a fucking church. Yeah, um, that is, so, that yeah. is where we played. Absolutely. I saw the Wonder Indiana, Years in that baby. same room. Um, hey, oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wonder Years. Hey, yeah. are they, they're on uh, when we were young, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. I believe so, yeah. 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 So, my girlfriend talked about wanting to see them, so we'll, we'll, we'll be checking them out for sure. Yeah, they're so good live. Um, but I, I guess the thing for me is, you know, I missed you when I was growing up, so I want to see you now. Um, so somewhere in the Midwest, Chicago, Cincinnati, Indianapolis. Oh, we'll, we'll definitely we'll definitely make it out there. Uh, it's the new year. Uh, we'll, right. we'll be playing some more shows. We really wish we could get on some sort of uh, fest that could be out there that kind of like you said, everyone in that those areas can kind of yeah. have the chance to travel out if they want to. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, it's always a better road trip if you know there's a bunch of bands playing that you want to see. For so sure. We're definitely going to do our due diligence and try to get on some good shows next yeah. year. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the the tracks that you've dropped so far. Um, you've dropped uh, Free Ride and Elvis in Wonderland. Yeah. Um, and honestly, Friday, our, the rest of our EP came out on the 14th. So oh, okay. Now, so I've missed so, that. <laughs> so now it's all out. You can get all five tracks. So we did. We just did an EP this time because we mm-hmm. just wanted to jump in the studio and get music out to people. Um, we released Free Ride. That was like our first single. I, I think Free Ride's just like, uh, like a hey, we're back. This right. is the higher. We sound like the higher still. I mean, I really think that that's kind of the vibe we were going for with Free Ride. And then um, the next single we released, Elvis in Wonderland. I feel like that's just tuning into what we kind of more the sound that we're going for now, yeah. which is kind of a little bit, a little bit darker, a little bit more rock. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we definitely still got a, a pop jam in there somewhere. You know what I mean? There's yep. a track called are we high that still does that, that pop, pop, pop that we yep. like to do. It'll give you the histrionics kind of vibes. And then um, we had a song called introverted hurricane that's on there. And it is kind of just more of a, a rock ballad, I would say. Yeah. And then uh, Pours in the Morning, uh, which is probably the most popular song out of the three that we just released. And it's kind of just a little bit more dark and it's more reflective, but at the same time, it has some really good guitar and it kind of gives you, I would say, a lot more of the vibe of the higher, how we're kind of trying to transition into yeah. our new sound, but still keep that same higher emo sound you know right right for sure and and that's something that i always find interesting to talk about as we're both elder millennials or whatever the fuck you want to call it now uh so elder emo man elder yeah elder emo no it's fine (laughs) um but you know it's interesting because literally earlier today i saw um people shitting on blink over the fact that they still write these these teenage songs or whatever. And I'm like, but they don't like it. You obviously don't pay attention to yeah, the music. You must not have been listening to the lyrics. I right. Mean, uh... <laughs> so for you guys though, it, not that you're doing the same thing, but you mentioned, you know, trying to almost pay homage to yourself on the old stuff. What's it like finding that balance of like, well, we, we want to remind people what we were, but we're also changing. Yeah, I mean, that that's I mean, it's been 10 years. And so we're just not the same guys that we were then. So I mean, writing has changed a lot for us. And 
it's a lot different. And with the hire, we were always a very collaborative band. And so this time we just wanted to keep the same motif of the collaboration and honest be, honestly even be more open to the ideas that were coming in. And yeah. so um, for me, me and Reggie and George, we're the, the hire as who's going to play now uh, at right. the shows. And we have uh, a bass player that's subbing for us named Waz. He plays in a bunch of cover bands with me here in town and he's a big fan of the hire. So it was just like a perfect fit for us. And, um, uh, and so when we went out to write the songs, we actually got the whole real original band. We were able to get face um, our old bass player who wrote insurance weapons, wired a lot of the hits. And yeah. then also Tom Oaks, who was originally in our band, he wrote things like rock my body, histrionics dare. And so we wanted to get, all the cooks in the kitchen again, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that's what's, that's what makes the best songs. I think is when you take everybody's ideas and try to make them the best they can be. And so we really did try to, I mean, with my voice, even though I've, I've got, I've gotten older and I can't hit the high notes as, as hard as I used to, right. <laughs> I can still hold on to some of them. And so I'm just, I think that my voice is what's going to bring the nostalgia back. And I think the new songs are going to be a little bit more in the vein of more mature and just more how the kind of music we're listening to now, yeah. but like the 1975 meets the neighborhood meets, uh, you know, so, uh, Machine Gun Kelly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we wanted to bring back a little bit more of our rock side, you know, a little bit more, I would say, pop punk, you know, yeah. and I feel like Elvis really did that with us and especially there's some new songs that aren't on this EP that I'm really excited to, to have people here. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of Elvis uh, in Wonderland, that video like is the epitome of Vegas, you know, the stereotypical Hollywood Vegas. It could not fit more. And, and you know, we got actually got a lot of slack from like Elvis fans, you know, who, who were like, Oh, you guys are mocking Elvis. And we're like, no, that's not mocking Elvis. When you're from Las Vegas, you realize there's not just one Elvis impersonator. There's probably like 25 that live in Las Vegas right. and they're booked every day regularly. They, uh, I mean, those, and this kind of just shows the epitome of him starting out his night, grabbing a man can, you know, dressed in his outfit, yep. heading into a regular greasy local, you know, gas station. He grabs his man can, he hits the street. He starts chugging it. Finally, he gets to Fremont Street where he knows he's going to make his bread and butter. People are asking him for pictures. You know what I mean? He's a star. He's, you know, doing the Elvis moves, living the dream. And then by the time he hits the end of Fremont Street, which if you've walked Fremont Street, it's a long walk. Once you've gotten to the edge of it and you've had your drinks and you've had your fill and the night's now three or four in the morning, it shows. It shows yeah. what life is like. He's, you know, passing out up against a building and you know, sobering up. This is the epitome of what Vegas is. And for me, I now do the cover band thing here in Las Vegas. And so that's what I've been doing for the last couple of years is I've still been playing shows here in Vegas doing covers. And that's the, that's kind of the nature of the beast. You yeah. come out there to give the best show you can to entertain, but you're all, we're all still human. You know what I mean? We're all still going home at the end of the day, falling asleep, getting up and doing it again. And yeah. Uh, Elvis in Wonderland, the song and lyrically, it just talks about how it's easy to get caught up in Vegas and to go hard and to stay up till the sun goes down, you know? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, no, and I, I think it again, it translates perfectly and it reminded me a lot of like um Vegas vacation feel. You know what I mean? From the National Lampoons Vegas vacation, just this yep. let's highlight the party city. And it's just like I said, just masterfully done. I, I feel like it's a perfect well, representation. Alex of Bemis, that. I, I, I mean, I have to give all my praise to Alex Bemis who did that. And also to uh, Bob who was, <laughs> who was Elvis. Yeah. He is the man. We found him on Craigslist hours before we had to do this. We were actually going to either dress up ourselves or have like one of our friends do it, do us a favor. You right. know what I mean? And we wouldn't have had the look, man. It just wouldn't have, it wouldn't have clicked like it did. Yeah. And then when forming and then just scenes of him like cruising Vegas, man, just, you know, going up and down the waves of all the sights and all the, the fun stuff that you, you get when you come to Vegas. Yeah, for sure. Um, so obviously you talk about doing the cover band thing. Um, being an original band in Vegas, what's that scene kind of like? Because it is such a high performance area. Is it hard to find shows in that area as an original band? Well, I would say the scene had its golden years when we were coming up. I mean, when we were coming up, we had every band. We had the Killers. We had Panic at the Disco. We had the Cab. We had um, Imagine Dragons. We had all these amazing bands that were from Las Vegas, ourselves included, coming up out of Vegas. And for a while there, they had our posters up on Guitar Center, all these different emo bands. And it was like an insurgence of bands. And the scene was, I would say, as lively as it can be. Now I would say that it's harder to find the venues because I would say that through COVID and a lot of that stuff and just the way that Vegas has changed in general, um, a lot of venues have either closed down or um, are fighting with big venues. You know what I mean? You have now people are coming, uh, Katy Perry and uh, all these people, Usher, they're all coming out to do their residency. And as great as that is, because we're stoked to have great talent here in Vegas, it, it makes the scene a little bit less of a scene, I would say. Yeah. And I, I would say that kids are ready for, for that back. And I, I think that, you know, bands now in Vegas are starting to have their comebacks. And I think that, you know, eventually, especially because now uh, like Rockstar Bar, the one that we're playing at, mm-hmm. and a couple other smaller venues are opening up. It's allowing for, you know, bands like ours to have a place to go. Because, I mean, we could play at a casino, but when it's a, a thousand cap room, you know, it's going to look empty and not give off the vibe that we want to give. We want right. to give off the vibe that, you know, everybody's here together, close, you know what I mean? Singing the songs we remember. So, yeah, if they want to feel that vibe, then the higher show this Friday is where they should be. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And I've always I don't know. I've always had a love hate with the residency thing. Right. Like back in the day with Sinatra or, you know, Celine Dion and things like that. Like, sure, I guess I get it. But like Blink had a a residency, like you just said, Katy Perry's doing one. Like, what are we doing? Like, I'm not saying they're not deservant of it because they are on that next, you know, that next tier or whatever. But I guess from my roots, it's like, I don't, I don't know why you would want to do that as an artist other than the 
the comfort, if you will, of guaranteed show. It really, and I have to tell you as an artist, and I mean, I traveled, I mean, we did, we toured for eight to 10 years, you know, Um, it's brutal. It it takes a lot out of you. I tell you what, being able, especially because I do the cover band and I'm here in in my hometown. So I go, I perform and I go home and I sleep in my bed. You know what I mean? And even if you have a residency here, especially if you have a residency here, you're getting treated like a king. There's a reason the NBA, you know, dream team comes out here and stays for a month because, you know, their family ain't here, but the chefs are here and (laughs) uh, the entertainment is here. And so I think that with the residency, it's just starting to groom more of trying to get people to come out to Vegas. And to be honest, Vegas, anybody it's a good excuse to come out to Vegas. I mean, if it was anywhere else, I would understand what you're meaning, but when it's Vegas, it's, it's one of those things that it's okay to do the residency every now and again, if that was all they do and they get lazy like that, then I mean, I get, I totally get what you're meaning, but I mean, for Britney Spears and for some of these people that, you know, traveling is a nightmare and they can't even be seen in or go anywhere in public. It's easier to stay hidden in your own floor of the casino. Right. You know what I mean? And do all that that stuff. That's definitely, but I know, I know what you're saying. And I mean, also the same thing is like, you don't want to be forced to have to go to Vegas to see the artist you want to see. And I mean, I don't want that for anyone. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's exciting that blink is playing all these shows, but I mean, I'm waiting till I can afford it. And I'm hoping that Tom sticks around long enough for me to afford it. Well, and that's honestly the only reason that we decided to buy tickets is um, so quick backstory. My I lost my brother to suicide four years ago and Blink was one of our favorite bands growing up. It, him and his daughter bonded over it. So mm-hmm. I'm taking well, her. And, yeah, yeah. It's very, very personal. So when they did the the shows with Matt last year. Uh, we got out and we did one of those, but then Tom announced that he's back and they're doing this. And I'm like, well, we have to fucking see him with Tom. Like there's no yeah. way. <laughs> and I, dude, I appreciate Skiba coming in and, and you doing what he did. And to be honest, I really like that blink yeah. record that they yeah. did. I hope that in the future, they still play one or two of those songs because I mean, I thought those were good songs and yeah. I'd be interested to hear how Tom sounds singing them, to be honest. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, the nostalgia lies with Tom and Mark, you know, Yeah. Uh, of course, with Travis's drums. But like the show is like that live album, you know, yeah. is everyone's <laughs> favorite Blink album because it has all the hits. It's like a greatest hits, but it also has their personality. And that's right. what people miss. People aren't going to see Blink because they miss hearing Damn It for the 1000th time. They're right. going because they want to see the the poop fart jokes and they want to see like these guys just enjoying playing together again. And that's why I think it was good that, you know, Tom didn't come back till he was ready. I mean, if your heart's not in it, you'd be able to tell it it doesn't need to be a cash grab. These guys are rich, you know, they don't need money. Uh, I mean, like this is not a cash grab for them. I know that even though the tickets are expensive, that's not them doing it. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they made the tickets at this price and then other people bought them and then are selling them for more. And that's the nature of the beast. I mean, really, you can't you can't really stop people from doing that in this digital world. So I don't blame them for it. And 
to be honest, I'm going to save up my money and try to make it happen, you know? Oop. Are we frozen? I froze for a second. I, here. Yeah, froze for a second too. We're all good now. No, I, I don't blame them either. I, you're absolutely right as far as like, um, you know, there's always going to be resellers. Like that you can't get around. But I'll go on the record of saying it. I know, you know, as an artist, you don't want to piss off Live Nation. I don't give a fuck. Uh, Live Nation doing dynamic pricing is a bullshit fucking move that, Super oh, we bullshit. see that they're selling fast. We're going to raise the price because there's demand. Like, fuck you. Like, set them at yeah. a price. Yeah. Set it up at a price. Because especially, yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree with what you said. I'm not going to talk bad of any <laughs> right. anybody. You know what I mean? But I yep. mean, I, I would love to just be able to afford it. You know yep. what I mean? When I was looking at uh, DJ Rostar, I don't know if you are familiar with him at all. He did like a podcast similar to this one back in the day, and he's kind of having a resurgence. But he posted. Oh, I lost yep. you again for a second. Yep, I'm are here. Back? Yep, I'm here. Cool. Uh, he, he was posting the prices. And I mean, it's over a thousand dollars a ticket. Yeah. That is just highway robbery. That is, it's going to show if, if kids are out there and rich and can afford it. I mean, all the TikTok influencers will be there, but <laughs> man, I don't have the money for that. I, uh, I got three kids and, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's I can't the spending money. I, I wouldn't spend a thousand on a thousand on Michael Jackson if he was alive right now. So, I mean, I don't know. It'd be hard for me to, cough up that much to see blink even with tom yeah no and i i totally agree and like i said if i if i wouldn't have found the fucking steel that i found we wouldn't be going like there's just no way um i i have i have, I have faith in mark tom and travis that they're gonna do right by the fans and either do a dvd which i yeah. you know what i mean or, or uh, not dvd i guess i'm living in CD some sort land. of live stream but type thing they're gonna but, do a live stream yeah. Uh, something that I'm hoping that you could purchase and own, but at the same time, even if it wasn't like, as long as the price is only, you know, reasonable, like think they would have millions of streams. It would be yeah. shutting the internet down for, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it would be nuts. And that's what they should do. I mean, they should just do right by all the people who want to see them. And especially if Tom's planning on bowing out at right. any points in the near future, to be honest, uh, from what it looks like, it looks like he's two feet in. I mean, other than chasing aliens for us, I mean, <laughs> it look, looks like. Yeah, I, and, I, and kudos to him on that. I mean, I'm totally on his wavelength. Yeah. So no, I believe I, in aliens. And I so, think there's absolutely I love the proof that he's brought. Right. I was going to say, I think there's absolutely some of some truth to what <laughs> he's, he's discovered as well and whatnot. Um but no, yeah, I, I agree, you know, and in, in the prime of prime is a really bad word for the prime of COVID, but during the prime of COVID, when live streams were all anybody had, you know, there were a lot of bands that were really successful selling live streams. So yeah. I do hope that, you know, the future and Ronnie from Red Jumpsuit kind of said the same thing. He sees the future as some sort of hybrid. There's going to be a live show, but there's also going to be certain dates that are live streams and stuff like that. Yeah. to help build those types of, of I, I think it's great and to be honest if if i could set it up to where every higher show was live streamed and you could pick and choose or we just did one or two shows a year 
that were live streamed. And even if it was free, you know right. what I mean? To me, I don't, I don't care. It's not a cash grab for yeah. the hire. We definitely didn't do this to make any money because we're not. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I, to be honest, we're spending our own money to do this, but I, I, I think it's worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because music is what we all live for. And like you said, those bands that, you know, hold nostalgia and hold special memories, those bands are going to be our classic rock forever. We're going to be telling our kids about Blink-182 and they're yeah. going to be looking at us like we're crazy, <laughs> but that's, that's how it is. Yeah. The new classic rock, man. And I'll take it. Cause you know, <laughs> I remember yeah. when I was growing up, what classic rock was then, even then, I guess was, you know, Metallica, Ozzy, Zeppelin, like, and no, no knock to any of them because obviously amazing, incredible musicians, but times have changed and that's not going to be what's seen as the quote unquote popular classic rock anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's going to be considered oldies. You know? Right. <laughs> and it's crazy to think that, you know, we're going to be rocking out to what our, our kids just look as ancient. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like you're saying, I mean, like we love Ozzy, but I play an Ozzy song for my kids and they wonder what's going on. You know, this yeah. sounds funny. I mean, music's changed so much and that's just the, it, it's the yeah. nature of the beast. And it's also just, it's good. I mean, life changes and we've got as, as scene kids and as, you know, bands, we've got to change with it. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I think that's the thing that's really nice about this resurgence that we've been talking about is Part of it, I think, is fueled from this younger generation of, of fans that is very accepting of so many different styles of music. So it's really easy for them to be like, oh, I've never heard The Hire or whoever, and still be like, yo, this is really fucking cool. It's not what I used to listen to, but I'm putting it on rotation. And that's what's great about us trying to have the old nostalgic sound, but still tie in with the new sound is... I think we will still get attract those kids that have never heard the hire. And I still think that we will attract the kids that want to hear the hire. So, yeah. I mean, that, that was our goal. And I feel like with this EP, we did a good job of really making each song sound different and yet cohesive. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that that's in the future, what we plan on doing, whether we, you know, uh, get in the studio and hit it hard with a full length record, or if we just do it a single at a time and just keep popping out songs all year long. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's something really cool that uh, Bayside is actually doing right now, not to, you know, give you an idea for you to steal or piggyback, but what hey, they're doing Bayside right now. Yeah. They got good new music too. I heard that one of their new singles on an ad and I was like, damn, this is the new yeah. Bayside. Yeah. So yes. that new EP, it's called the red EP. Um, Anthony has said basically what they're doing is they don't want to necessarily have to wait to put out the full album. So they're doing, Hey, we went to the studio, we recorded these three songs that are likely to be on the next album, but here's an EP with them on it. And they're yep. going to kind of do these little bite-sized pieces and then give some sort of like deluxe album or yeah, some sort where you get a couple extra songs yep. and maybe it gets pressed to vinyl. You know what right. I mean? Right. And that's speaking the new of, thing. I'm I'm a vinyl guy myself. So well, and uh, so speaking of, of us, all I wanted to do was I was like, if if I can accomplish any goal, <laughs> it's to play shows and to get a vinyl. Yeah. And also, we were lucky enough to be able to press on fire. Yep. So 
now on fire has got pressed to vinyl. So yeah, yeah, and that's actually what I was just getting ready to to segue into when you mentioned vinyl is for the first time ever, on fire is going to be pressed on vinyl, and we're talking fifteen years after that album dropped, dude. And that's and that's what uh, I mean. It was amazing to us how fast they sold. I mean, it, it was just like. We're like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I, people are still remember on fire and people are collecting vinyl. <laughs> yeah. that, that's what that said to me. And I was more stoked about that. People were collecting vinyl like that. You know what I mean? That's, that's really cool to me. And then it just gives you something to own something, you know, physical. <laughs> Cause I, I miss that. You know, you, you want to go to the show and have the band sign something physical that you can keep and have, or maybe pull out a lyric sheet and know what mm-hmm. the hell they're saying, you know? Uh, I mean, of course, the lyrics are there and available on like the Spotify's and the Amazon, but that's, you know, it that it's not the same. No. It, it feels better when you own something. Yeah. And I feel like you own the record uh, when you buy the vinyl. Yeah, you know? I, I totally agree. And, you know, I'm I'm one of those. I've dipped my toe into starting some vinyl collection, but I, I haven't fully plunged. So I've got probably Dude, that it, it, it's a slippery slope. Let me I tell know. you, it's not, a I'm cheap, at like a, it's not a cheap hobby, but it is. No. <laughs> I'm at like a dozen so far. Rabbit hole, you'd be like, Oh my gosh, this album was so good. Oh, it yeah. helps you bring back albums. It really yeah, does. For sure. Or play the songs that you didn't listen to before because you, you've now listened to, I mean, you listen to the, when we were young, um it's like a playlist that's on uh spotify and it's a great <laughs> playlist but it also has just their top three songs which right if you're a diehard fan of bands you're you're hoping that they play when they come and play i mean at we were young i know they're gonna play the hits but we want to hear those other songs and maybe those other songs don't get listened to because kids don't come home and put a cd in the cd player and listen through it the whole way like we used to you know what i mean i know i used to get a cd and sit down with the lyric book and read through it while they were doing it and you know get stoned and like really like feel the music you know what i mean and that for me was was life of music and now it it, you you get a kid can can barely listen to a single the whole song you know what i mean and that's what this industry of streaming music has done so you got to find the ways to to interact with the kids and i think vinyl's the way to go i'm stoked yeah. about it yeah i i totally agree like i said i've got about a dozen or so right now and like you said it's a slippery slope that i'm to my rope and like i could do it i could buy these but let's let's wait let's you know I've, i'm trying to well, pace myself too on long. some of them go up in price the longer yeah. you wait i <laughs> yep. tell you what but some of these, but then again, also now that bands are seeing that these are selling, they're starting to repress like right. we did. And so I'm hoping for that, especially with a couple of the records that I've yet to get because they are literally that expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for you guys in this streaming world, because I think you're absolutely right on this. I've always been a big believer because I grew up from the tangible cassette tapes and CDs and all of that, that you listen to the album all the way through front to back, you know, at least the first time that you, you put it on. How important is that for you guys when it comes to, I guess, specifically new fans that are like discovering your music versus 
quote unquote old fans like myself, where it's like, oh no, I know the hire. So I can, I can kind of jump around and feel what I know. Yeah. So with this EP, we definitely thought about it as a whole. And we definitely thought about the track listing of, of what we wanted to introduce people to first. And, you know, we wanted the CD when you start it from the beginning to have a vibe to it and go. Right. And that's why, you know, uh, free ride wasn't our first song on the record, but it was the first song we released. We, we wanted to, to give people that taste and let them know there is classic higher stuff on this record. Right. So when they do get Elvis in Wonderland and put on Elvis in Wonderland, they're not like, Oh wow, this is sounds a lot different from the old hire. Right. Uh, we wanted to kind of make it tangible for those kinds of fans. And we definitely think about that. I mean, to be honest, we're and selfishly, we think about that because we, when we listen back to our CD, we want to be able to listen to it from to finish and feel like it has a, a groove and a vibe to it. And so we thought about that, but at the same time, all the songs you, we know, we've noticed too are a lot shorter. And that's yeah. to also to kind of vibe with what music is now these days. I mean, our singles used to be four and a half minutes and now they're, you know, two and a half, three minutes, you know what yeah. I mean? And so that's kind of what we have to do to kind of keep the younger crowd's attention, but at the same time, still be true to ourselves and make sure we're writing good songs. Yeah, for sure. Um, so kind of as we we wrap up here on, on this particular episode, I'm sure we're going to be talking a lot in the future. Uh, yeah. But on this particular episode, as we kind of wrap up, you've got a few tour dates uh, through basically uh, mid-November. And then, like you said, kind of the plan is to retreat, quote unquote, into the studio a little bit and, and put out some new music. Um, for you specifically, is it easier to write songs in the studio or are you one of those people that kind of stockpiles a bunch of stuff and then puts it out? I would say we stockpile. I mean, we, we definitely all had ideas and uh, stuff that we wanted to do for this record. And so we, uh, and, and since we really try to make it collaborative, I mean, Tom had a couple of songs, face had a couple of songs, Reggie had a song or two. I had a song or two. We brought them all to the studio and then we let everybody else touch our, our babies. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's kind of, uh, I think that that was the best way to go because I mean, it, it allowed us to do the songs that we knew we wanted to do. And it allowed us uh, a chance to let everybody's hands kind of touch, touch the project so that, you know, everybody can kind of get their opinions and kind of give what they can to the project. And then we can, we can kind of take pick and choose, you know, what we keep, what we don't, what we, you know, put out first, what we hold off on, you know, right. I, I would say some of the better higher songs we've actually are, are not on this EP. I mean, uh, uh, the, we've got hits in the, yeah. in the hold, in the stronghold. So yeah. um, I'm excited to, uh, to let those out. And uh, I'm like, honestly, I'm itching to get back in the studio. I know me and Reg were just talking about it. We we're like, man, I'm ready to, record these songs tomorrow <laughs> like right like let's get in there i know we're gonna make some plans for getting in this studio the very early of next year and um hopefully release music soon after because it, now it doesn't need all as much build up we can promote the song for a month or so and let people know it's coming and then just drop it you know yeah yeah, yeah and i think that's you know for all the negatives of the new digital streaming age that is one of the positives is 
it's obviously easier to get ears to some degree. It's easier to get ears on your music. Getting playlisted and stuff is still a battle, but it's much easier than going to terrestrial radio back in the day and hoping that somebody was picking up your song. Yeah, that's that's spaghetti on the wall, man. They they that that's how we used to call it. They throw it at the wall and see what sticks. And yeah. you know, uh, for us, we're we're just making this music for the old higher fans, and we would be excited to have new higher fans. And if it picks up enough to where, you know, the right tours invite us out, maybe we'll be playing a lot more. If not, then we are going to set up our own shows and do our own thing and make sure that we can play for kids. I know, uh, I mean, for the November side of it, at the beginning of November is when we'll be out in L.A., San Diego and Mm -hmm. Arizona. And we're doing a a bunch of those shows. Uh, I think it's with like Ann Arbor. Uh, Animal Sun, uh, mm-hmm. those bands. And then we're going to do a couple East Coast shows with like the Ghost Club and Little Hag and Bad Luck. And uh, I think those ones are going to be like New Jersey and Brooklyn, New York. So um, we'll also be playing a show that's in New Jersey that we're playing it, but it's um, it's it's like a live stream. So it, okay. it is like we were talking about it says sold out because you can't buy tickets and we didn't want people to be confused right. that they couldn't buy tickets because weirdly enough, there are people online saying, Oh, you can buy tickets for me secondhand to this show that isn't selling tickets. And I'm like, yeah, scam artists are alive and yeah. well on the internet. So yeah, it's there's bullshit. not tickets for the 17th. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that's why we put it as sold out. But I, I mean, we're going to be announcing to all the fans, you know, who can, uh, to download or check that out. And so hopefully. That next year we're going to hit the ground running and try to play some more shows. Awesome, man. I'm really excited for it. I'm definitely going to try to check out that live stream now that I know that that's a live stream. Uh, because you know, like I said, I, I feel like maybe I caught part of you on warp tour in indie one year but like well that's well that's how it is on warp tour you know right. there's so many bands playing and you are probably you know torn in between a band or two and then yep. it's okay that you chose the other band we'll forgive you <laughs> this time but you know right. next time you're going to choose us and so yeah. <laughs> and so i mean uh, i'll be stoked man if you check out the live stream and uh, we're going to make our way out there i mean chicago cincinnati indiana we hope to be out there sometime soon so yeah awesome uh, obviously I'll link all of your socials and everything, but what's the best way for people to find you and interact in this new social media age? Uh, I mean, we, we made the Instagram because I think that that's like the best handle to like, uh, follow us on, but I'm, I mean, we just started a TikTok, so we're getting there. We're getting hip, you know, um, yeah. I'm still old. So my videos are not as cool as everybody else's are yet, <laughs> but Hey, I, I'm learning and I'm coming into the digital age and it's fun. Yeah. And I'm just, yeah. I think it's just kids want to, and I say kids and it's not kids anymore. Everybody, fans and just friends and family, they all just want to, you know, they just want to connect and see what you're up to. And so we did the TikTok to kind of connect with fans. And we've of course got a Facebook, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, yeah. All the socials, find us on the bands in town. You know what I mean? Find out when we're going to yep. be in your town. Spotify lets that know too. So Make sure, I mean, if you're a higher fan and you haven't already, download Elvis in Wonderland, check it out. You know, it's on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, all the all the links. If you can't get that, like, 
find it on YouTube. We have some music videos for, I think we just released one for Are We High as well, but um, we had music videos for Free Ride and Elvis, like you were talking about. So mm-hmm. check those out on our YouTubes. I mean, live it, live it up digitally until we can be in your hometown. Awesome, man. I, again, I really appreciate it. And I'm, I'm stoked to see you guys back. It's again, for me, it was one of those things. I remembered the albums. I remembered the songs. And then when I started asking friends that I thought for sure would remember you, you know, they were like, uh, no, I swear, no. we, and, we fell off right when Facebook and Instagram started happening. We didn't have right. an Instagram. So, yeah. I mean, we were MySpace famous, man. I mean, like yeah. uh, if, if you had a MySpace, you might still remember our band, but if you didn't, that's, that's okay. And to be honest, like you said, when you play them, some of the songs, sometimes our songs snuck onto the emo playlists or mm-hmm. the elder emos carried them on yep. to the younger ones. And so um, even if they haven't, you know, insurance and histrionics and those old songs are still jams. I yeah. mean, I'm surprised when I listen back to them and see that they still hold their, hold their weight. So it's, it's cool to be playing all those old songs and to, you know, just be playing again. So for sure. Awesome, man. I, like I said, I'm stoked for you. I'm stoked for you guys to be back. Um, really looking forward to what this next year holds for you. And like I said, this won't be the last conversation we have, I feel like. So keep doing what it you're doing. I'm, yeah. I'm stoked to, to get out and see you at some point. Cool, man. Well, I, I appreciate this and thanks so much for having us. Yeah, absolutely. We can't man. wait to, uh, we can't wait to be out there for you. Awesome. All right, man. Have a good night. Uh, you know, be safe and careful with all the, the shows that you're doing. Oh yeah. No, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of business and I got to go take care of my little baby boy. Now <laughs> my girls, I hear him fussing in the other room. So gotcha. All Dad good. Man. Yep. Have a good one, man. Cool, bud. See ya. <laughs> See ya. And that was my conversation with Seth from the hire. Really hope you guys enjoyed that one. Definitely want you to go check out the new EP, Elvis in Wonderland. Um, Check out everything that they're doing. Go check out the old stuff if you're not familiar with them. Or if maybe you were kind of familiar with them but didn't know they were back, you know, go go back and relive that nostalgia, that childhood love and passion um, with, you know, pop punk and the scene and uh, being... The Elder Millennial, Elder Emo, whatever the fuck title they want to give us now. Um, Again, The Hire is back after a 10-year hiatus. They just dropped their new EP called Elvis in Wonderland. It is fucking dope, so go check that out. Um, And yeah, be sure, as always, to go check them out on social media. So I'll have all that linked in the description of this podcast. Go find them on Instagram. Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, whatever. Um, show them some love. Let them know that you listened to the episode, that you're excited for them to be back. Uh, and yeah, you know, all of this is a really, really fun time for the pop punk scene and music in general, really, but especially for the elder emos, the elder millennials, again, whatever the fuck you want to call us. Um, it's a really fun time to see a lot of our Favorite bands when we were growing up, uh, coming back, or finally getting the recognition that they deserve again, Uh, and it's just a really, really awesome thing to watch. It's really fun for me being, you know, kind of in the industry now as well, 
to see all of this and be able to to talk with these people about how cool it is that you know the higher are back after 10 fucking years of a hiatus and you know this ability uh to come back into a scene that is so welcoming it and just is embracing the music and the genre again and it's just it's really really fun for me um so yeah like i said be sure go over check them out give them love like share subscribe to all of their shit um it's absolutely free to do those things helps the algorithm it helps them you know figure out where they need to tour all that sort of stuff um and then on the you make the scene side obviously make sure you like share subscribe to us uh that all helps with not only the algorithm and you know the visibility of the podcast but it also helps us to become that you know, quote unquote, trusted name or whatever you want to fucking call it. Uh, but it gives us more opportunity with different press teams and record labels and things like that. So um, really appreciate all you guys do on that side as well. Um, and yeah, that's everything I've got for you on this episode. Uh, I will say, if you didn't listen to last week's episode with Daisy Draper, please go do that. It's kind of a hybrid episode. We'll do a couple of those occasionally. Uh, this is kind of the first one where I've actually posted the same episode on both podcasts. But this hybrid episode um, is kind of the opening or teaser, if you will, uh, introduction to a series of conversations that I'm going to have with Daisy. Uh, we're looking at two or three episodes probably where... Uh, over on Musicians for Mental Health, we will tackle um, things like trauma recovery, anxiety, uh, the mind and body connection, holistic healing, things like that, um, that are really potentially going to be very, very powerful things and hopefully help some people um, add, you know, add tools to the toolkit so that they can better manage um, their mental health, their presence, their um, their just their life in general. Um, so yeah, that's everything for this week, guys. As always, remember: take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.